1: To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission.
0: Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loans subject to approval. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, So whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Holla talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well...
1: Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. marketing.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. Today, we're discussing spring cleaning your finances like an adult.
0: Like an adult? Did we? Did you almost say like a boss? (laughs) I didn't, but I should have. I think you felt the temptation
1: (laughs) from ten years ago, saying add like a boss on there. Are are people still doing like hashtag adulting on stuff? I don't know, but this you know truly what we're going to talk about today, like spring cleaning, everybody knows that uh, this is the time of year when you're going to start like, is getting stuff in order, uh, absolutely. getting rid of some junk and, and you know cleaning your porch so that you get ready. And you know we're about to start getting loads of pollen on our porches here in Atlanta. But uh, this is a great time to get a handful of tasks done that isn't normally a part of kind of how you approach your personal finances. That's what we're going to talk about today. That's right,
0: man. But first, you want to talk about the, uh, the Grant Park Kids Business Fair? Yeah, let's do it. Kind of a random thing. Uh, so I sent that over to to you recently and it's it, you know grant park let's catch listeners up that is uh, the neighborhood next door to ours uh, and they're hosting
1: or over there they're the gonna most historic to- park in atlanta the oldest park in atlanta right? is it really i think so it's not the biggest like piedmont park is the most widely known but i think grant park is the oldest i gotta think piedmont park was was older that's really? like right
0: there in the city right yeah, maybe i don't I could, I could be wrong <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so basically it's this, it's a this, it's like a craft fair where instead of adults selling stuff selling their wares and goods it's kids uh, which is super cool man kids they have to put together a business plan they come up with a product and they approach it from from a very like startup mentality where they have to identify a product that's going to appeal to a wide audience. They have to identify their target market. All of these different concepts that go into creating your own business, uh, introducing those to kids at a young age. So uh, is this something you thought about? Do you think uh, one of your kids might
1: join the kids business fair? Yeah, I think so. Maybe, by the way, you never have to not know uh, the answer to something. I just looked it up. It is the oldest park in Atlanta, Cramp Park. Oh, it is, is it really? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I think this kids business fair, is, I think my eight-year-old is going to participate. She, um, although it's super selective and so they don't take everybody. I think there are a lot I know. of applications. I, so. I, I
0: saw that. It's competitive. Like yeah. there's a limited number of So we'll see if she gets in. They're but, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but I love this concept, right? Because yeah, you and I, we, we think, it's always interesting when I hear people talk about, uh, especially like political candidates, like I'm going to help create jobs. And one of the coolest things I think that that we should kind of reframe is that people should think more about creating their own jobs. It's totally fine. Like I worked for nine to five for uh, other employers or even different hours for a lot of years, but I love the idea of teaching our kids that they can create their own work. <laughs> they can mm-hmm. they can start their own small business. They can do what they want to do. And I think you know, starting them young. Th- this is open to as young as six years old. You can you know apply to have your own tent and sell your wares, whether it's a baked good or whether it's something you've homemade, some crafts, wh- whatever it is. Okay, you can saddle your parents with all of the work <laughs> to create your baked goods and advertise it, and that is part <laughs> all, of it. All of that. Parents have to get involved. That's for sure. But that's also just I think um, something good for us to do as parents to to help our kids to push them in that direction to help them at least see that there is another way to do things like what an eye-opening experience at the age of six seven eight to set up a tent and realize dang i just walked away with like 120 bucks uh, for all the stuff i worked hard for weeks to create and now i i sold it and Mm -hmm. i made money and just to really formulate in their minds that idea that it's possible and they can do it that's true. Yeah. I definitely love those ideas as well, but we're not doing it. So,
0: <laughs> I mean, as <laughs> I look, right now. Yeah. I mean, as I look to the spring, I'm just like, okay, there's no, I don't think we have the, the capacity. We don't have the, uh, the room to, you know, bring that into our life right now. But if we, assuming we don't, though, we definitely will make it a point to at least attend. Cause I think even just being exposed to that, yeah. even the kids seeing other kids doing this. A, it could encourage them to maybe want to do it next year, but just for them to see that kids are making different products. I think even that idea of seeing a variety of different kids a variety of different ages, a variety of different businesses could potentially almost be as beneficial uh, for them just to for them to open their eyes to see the, uh, the different possibilities
1: out there. Even just that can provide a little spark. Yeah. And you know what? So I, I think two things, one, if there's like a kid's business fair in your area, like look into it and see if there is one and join it if you can, if not, I don't know, think about creating one for kids in the neighborhood. And then, um, just another option really is to just, put a business in front of your house, like a kid business, whether it's lemonade stand or whatever your kid is into selling. Sounds
0: like much less work for us, but <laughs> yeah. also the ability yeah. for a kid to still learn some yeah. of the ins and outs of supply and
1: demand and the different things that create a successful little corner business. And you realize that like lemonade doesn't sell well in the middle of December, but <laughs> but like you know, in the middle of July, a lot more people- Or even in know. the spring. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. It's yeah. something that, uh, that folks are willing to purchase- but I am excited for the for the girls, especially to show up with their own money, because it's a lesson in spending as well, not just in consuming, but just like okay, you've got, you only have a certain amount of money. Like what if mm-hmm. you're going to spend anything? Like what are you going to spend
1: it on? I think there's important lessons there as well. But yep. we'll make sure. Th- to, then how much do you have to charge in order to make a profit? Ex- because yeah. you've already like got some sunk costs over here. It's just all, all, all that stuff. All these lessons are good yeah. for for those yeah middle aged kids, totally. not the not the super young ones, but the middle aged kids. I think yeah. it's it's great stuff for them. Yeah, we'll link to
0: that specific. Uh, in our show notes, if you happen
1: to be an Atlanta listener. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Matt, let's mention the beer that we're having on this episode. I picked this one up at our local bottle shop. It is Saison DuPont. It is a classic Saison, um, Belgian style farmhouse ale. Says right here, it's the world's most iconic Saison. Well, so, I think that's true. Got a lot to live up to. I'm not going to um, deny <laughs> their, their marketing is accurate. So we'll give our thoughts on this one at the end of the episode. But for now, let's get on to the topic at hand It is spring cleaning your finances like an adult, and Matt, it made me think of uh, the fact that right your birthday only comes once a year. Your birthday uh, comes right around Christmas time. Mine comes yeah. two months later. But, you know, no one's like blind. We're winter babies. Yeah. <laughs> no, no one's blindsided or surprised by the fact that, oh, it's my birthday again? Wait, I forgot about that. Like, it's, it's something that we look forward to. My wife, she even tends to celebrate for like a full month, <laughs> it's not a birthday. It's like a birthlong <laughs>
0: month that she celebrates. What? So real quick, this is a tangent. W- like, what do you think about multiple celebrations of w- one person's birthday? Because I'm going to reveal my cards. I hate it. <laughs> I, I like. I don't even like celebrating a birthday. Like, not on the actual day. Like in my mind, if you can't have throw an actual party on your actual birthday because it's during the week. Well, I guess that year you don't get to have a big birthday. No, <laughs> wow, come on, what a
1: year of killjoy! And,
0: and I feel like okay, so the years where the, your birthday does happen to fall on a Friday or a Saturday, you go all out because guess what? It's your actual birthday. It lands on an actual weekend, and a ton of folks can attend the party. But I'm sure that's just me being me. So yeah,
1: uh, no, agree to disagree, <laughs> Grinch. Okay, uh, <laughs> but when that once a year day of joy arrives, which you should be joyous even if it's a weekday, like go ahead and celebrate and celebrate. Oh, you, yeah. can be, you can be joyous, but it's every mean, day you choose. Okay. <laughs> does that
0: mean you also, throw a party. I've never you know, understood on, on strict adherence
1: day. to the day. Like you know, it's uh, I don't get necessarily you know my wife's desire to celebrate all month long. But um, sometimes it's like, all right, that's that's a, that's a long time. Um, but it's <laughs> but having you know a couple celebrations and not having the right. actual day, I'm good with it. Right. But um, yeah, so semi rare events, right? Uh, we we don't forget about if they're good things. But if yeah. these semi rare events are annoying things or something that's like completely not fun. We're we're more likely to forget it, about it, or or at least pretend that we forgot about it. Uh, kind of like how you, Matt, forget to go to the dentist. Um, you're, don't. you're less enthusiastic. You either don't, you know, you don't forget. I it. love going to the dentist. You? Like l- yes, literally, when I'm sitting there and
0: they're, you know, they got their tools and blasting away stuff in my, in my mouth. I actually enjoy it. To me, it's almost like going to get a massage. Not quite as nice, but what? Yes, 100%. It's not that I don't enjoy you it. You are not. It's just I just choose not to. I don't, I don't want to go because I don't want to pay for something that I don't necessarily need to do.
1: Well, if it's soothing, I think maybe that's another reason to potentially pay for going more. Oh, I'd rather pay for an actual massage, but <laughs> uh, let's not talk about the dentist thing anymore though. Okay. I've gotten enough hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, spring is here, right? And it's it's the kind of time of year that we do all sorts of things that we don't regularly do. Yeah. You know, you pressure wash your house or you like dust off the fan blades whoever does that only in spring right <laughs> do we get around to dusting out the fan blades and uh there, there are all sorts of cleaning projects that you might be tackling right now that you're not even going to consider doing again until next spring. And so yeah, today we're going to extend your spring cleaning list to your personal finances because there are a few tasks that they don't need to become ongoing obligations, things that you revisit once a week or even once a month. But yeah, we think that these things are going to help make your personal finances more manageable and whip them into better shape um, with some extra elbow grease that you can apply now. And and really, truly, now is the time. It's like the best time to kind of tackle some of these things. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, one of the reasons we are talking about
0: this is because of the fact that our finances have just gotten so much more complicated uh, than they used to be. You know, like we've got accounts everywhere. Like you might have multiple 401ks, you might have multiple savings accounts and credit cards. Uh, It could feel like that there's just too much going on. And similarly, it can be just like that with the stuff that you own. It feels like the, the more stuff you have and the more complicated your life gets, the more time that you're going to have to dedicate to keeping up with and maintaining your stuff. Uh, basically, I'm like I'm talking about cleaning here. And just like it takes rolling up your sleeves in order to keep up with all your stuff, the same is true when it comes to your financial health, your financial hygiene, You know, t- to a certain degree is what we're talking about here. We all wish that there's just like an easy button to push, but there's going to be some manual labor involved. But fortunately, it's nothing that we all can't handle. Uh, and so we'll spell out a number of different areas that you should pay special attention to in your personal finances once a year, uh, and now is the best time to make
1: that happen. That's right. All right. So first things first, let's give our first tip uh, for spring cleaning. Maybe the, the first area that you should address while you're doing this kind of personal finance deep dive. And And the first thing really is to update your budget especially right now, Matt, given the recent inflation surge, right? I guess a good question for people to ask themselves is, does my budget still hold water? Because depending on how you spend money in the specific categories where you direct most of your money each month, your your budget could still be mostly intact, or it could be blown to smithereens. And so, yeah, chances are, if you haven't revisited your budget in the past 12 months, it, it needs at least some tweaking, but potentially even an overhaul, and that's that's got a lot to do with rising gas prices and rising prices at the grocery store. But it could also be you-specific, right? That you've made significant changes uh, to your life over the past year too, and that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with making changes and reallocating your dollars, but change your budget accordingly. You want to make sure it reflects kind of you know where your spending priorities lie now. And remember too, like budgets aren't a tool to deprive you from spending money on anything, right? We actually think that they exist to help you funnel money in the direction that you want it to go. Basically making sure that you're not frittering away your money and, and helping to ensure that you actually accomplish those bigger goals that you've got. It's actually a tool to, to funnel your dollars towards the things that make the most difference at the end of the day in your life. Yeah, totally,
0: man. So you can ask yourself, do you still even like your budgeting system or, or is it, effective? If not, then this can be a great time to sign up for a new service uh, or even just to tweak your budget to better fit how you are currently interacting with it. Uh, and so like that can mean simplifying or maybe that could mean like having fewer categories in order to more quickly gauge what's
1: happening with your money. Can I just say, I think sometimes that is something that can make a big difference for a lot of people. Like maybe you've gotten hyper specific and you're tracking every dollar across 45 different categories every single month. And if you simplified that to eight to 12. Uh, Maybe it makes it a whole lot easier for you to actually do that work and see where your money's going. Um, Sure. Yeah. It's just a simpler budget can often be a better budget. Yeah, totally. If your current budget, it's not working for you. Maybe you've completely
0: fallen off the wagon. Maybe you've abandoned it altogether then yeah, it could be totally worth attempting like a new method or a new system. Uh, Honestly, sometimes it it might even make sense just to pay for some of the different helpful uh, software out there that exists. Mint is free if you're looking just to track your spending. But YNAB, you need a budget. It's one of our favorites, uh, but it is going to cost you a little bit of money. But even still, since most YNAB users get more organized with their money uh, and they end up oftentimes saving a good bit more money because of it. It could absolutely be worth it. It's one of those instances where
1: <laughs> paying for this one thing actually ends up netting you more money right. in the end. Yeah, It's like if someone said, hey, will you pay 20 bucks to get an hour extra in your day? Everybody else gets 24 hours and you get 25. I would do that in a heartbeat. (laughs) Yeah, or specifically, would you be willing to pay $20 and then get $100 back? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) that's literally what this is. That's kind of the proposition with something like YNAB. And the great thing is, yeah, there's a a free trial you can sign up for. Give it a shot. And if it works out for you, great. If it ends up to saving more money and just making your finances more manageable, awesome. If it doesn't, ditch it, right? Um, That's the great thing. You can do some trial and error. But finding a budgeting system that works for you is just like a perfect spring cleaning task. Like, revisiting it, making sure that all the proper amounts are allocated to the proper areas and then making sure that the way you interact with your budget is not causing you too much stress. And, and uh, speaking of stress, Matt, I want to stress to people that you know it's not something you need to do every week or every month um, when you're updating your budget spreadsheets, right? If that's if that's how you handle things, the way you interact with your budget on a monthly basis should be minimal, and it should it shouldn't take too long, right? Um, and I think you you do it every two weeks, basically. Is that correct? Yeah, I try to do it like like every ten days, basically. Okay, so that just makes it much easier, right? How much time do you spend? Every every ten days, then. like uh, I don't know, it depends. <laughs> it depends 10, on ten to fifteen minutes. Yeah, about okay. like fifteen minutes. So that's that's the thing. Like this is not some sort of task that we want to hold on your plate in an ongoing way. We realize that revisiting your budget is a bigger task, but once it's done in the spring, it's like yeah, you don't have to think about it till next spring.
0: Yeah, hopefully it's something that's a little more automated. And that's what is so great about some of these different apps or software that you can use is that it automatically imports a lot of your information for you, which can be helpful. But if you do like a little bit of resistance, if like in my case, I do actually like copying and pasting each individual purchase. And as I manually categorize it, it helps me to kind of feel what I'm spending, even though all of our expenses take place, uh, you know, on a credit card in
1: order to gain those rewards. Yeah, And, and, and I think, you know, once you have done the hard work, which I don't know, switching over to a new budgeting platform or rejiggering your budget to make it look different could take a couple hours even, right? This could take a significant chunk of your time. But the great thing is it's then then you're just in maintenance mode throughout the rest of the yes. year. And it's going to be just hyper simple, hopefully, for the next 12 months, once you've put in that initial chunk of time. Uh, all right, we've got a bunch more spring cleaning tasks that we need to get to that are going to pay off in a big way that are going to help you interact with your personal finances so much better. We'll get to uh, all those tips right after this break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. Dot com slash how to money. That's spelled K-A-C-H-A-V-A, and get 10% off your first order. That's K-A-C-H-A-V-A dot com slash how to money.
0: Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the, uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com/howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial.
1: I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pump for that! But sometimes those vacations or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host.
0: All right, we're back from the break. We're talking about spring cleaning your finances like an adult, Joel. And, you know, for the most part, we were just talking about... Kids don't know how to do that stuff. Kids, our kids have gotten... Man, you know, that's one of the cool things about having kids as they get older. There's reala- stuff they can do. You realize how much they are capable of. and Can they dust the fan blades, though? No, they can't reach that. But man, <laughs> like they... You put them on a ladder and they then they break their cranium. They know, worth it. They know how to clear a table, though. That's, uh, yeah. That has been sort of a something new on our plate that, well, yeah, not, not a pun. Quite literally, it's, <laughs> it's, it's new. Uh, they're clearing the table and getting it completely clean right before they get ready for bed. I love that. So kids, they do know how to do some cleaning, but we're talking about our money. And I kind of want to shift gears a little bit now and talk about different ways we can get a little a little more organized with our finances and, you know, we were just talking with a listener out in Omaha. And up until really recently, her main checking account, her main savings account as well, they were both with one of the big banks that, that, that pays virtually nothing in interest. And so listeners can probably guess how that made us feel. Real uh, sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? It made us kind of angry, um, you know, like not at her, but just at the banks that pay you 0.01% in interest on your money. Uh, if you are in that same position, then it makes sense to finally set up a high interest savings account from one of our favorite banks like Ally or Discover or even Marcus. Uh, We've actually got a a good article up on the site that can walk you through setting up a new bank account and closing your old one. Um, And so we'll make sure to link to that in the show
1: notes. Yeah, no doubt. If you're still doing business with one of the big banks, and, and let's say Matt, a lot of those people, not only is it that they're not getting paid any money in interest on that account, but they might be charged some sort of monthly account fee. They might fee. be <laughs> paying right. in order to have the privilege of right. accessing that account. Something like 12 to 15 bucks a month yeah. on top of other potential fees they might be incurring. Yeah, and so it's like, no, 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 no. Time to ditch it. That's just one of those spring spring cleaning adulting moves that you should be doing. And I'll point out, I and I will speak to this from experience. I think one of the reasons
0: that folks don't do it is because they feel that they need to have access to a way to deposit cash. You don't need you, you don't need that <laughs> right like first of all ha, like think about how Spend much it at the restaurant next time you go out yes, if you get it or you know? next time you go to the grocery store or just keep it in your sock drawer just so that you have a little bit of cash on hand for the you know the next time you need to pay somebody put it in on your cash. mattress <laughs> <laughs> I mean literally it's not like we're not talking about we sh- you shouldn't have like thousands of dollars in cash here we're talking about a
1: very small amount of money but don't let that keep you from closing one of those accounts yeah exactly and uh, okay so speaking of multiple accounts Matt uh, another financial spring cleaning connection comm- under them, is is people might have multiple accounts scattered all over the web, right? And so um, they they might have a couple hundred in one savings account, and then maybe a thousand bucks over here sitting in this other one, um, just because you're trying to maintain that minimum balance. And so... (laughs) Yeah, that's
0: that's where I was before (laughs) I closed that account with Wells. I had like 1,500 bucks sitting there, and I finally got... I mean, when we talked enough trash about it on on the first several episodes of the show (laughs) that I felt some conviction early on in How to Money poor, not poor uh, during those
1: days. But I thought, you know what? No, that's it. I'm done with this. Never again. Never again. (laughs) Well, and that's one of the things I think some people maybe have a well thought out system. They need multiple accounts because this is the way that they save the best. It kind of like creates like a firewall that prevents you from digging into your emergency fund too easily. And so if you have multiple accounts on purpose, that's okay. Like I, I bank with multiple online banks and I don't think of that as a big deal. But it is helpful, I think, uh, to simplify. And so, yeah, if you're having a tough time juggling, then, yeah, moving everything into to one account um, can be helpful. and It can just lead to kind of more financial bliss in your life, more financial simplicity. Mm-hmm. And if... If one of the things you're striving for is kind of the ability to have different buckets where you 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 put your money um, but you have them with different bank accounts you mentioned ally matt that's one of those banks that makes it easy to have different savings buckets but still under the umbrella of one account so you just log into one place all your money's in one place even though it's kind of being broken up into different spending areas yeah, totally. I mean, I've been with Ally for for years now, and I've I've referred to them before as like the Grand Central
0: Station, like of my money, because it really is like the hub where funds go in. They they go out. You know, make deposits in there. All of the different cash app, Venmo, you know, everything is linked to that account. Your Vanguard account, your Fidelity account, all that. Exactly. Stuff. And when you have so many, you know, different accounts like that at play, you want to make sure that you've got a solid uh, online bank who's also paying a, a good amount of interest. Uh, and you know, something else that's worth considering too is like combining retirement accounts, right? So aside from uh, making sure you're with a good high interest savings account, besides making sure that you're able to consolidate, you know, and that you you don't have your money just scattered all over the place willy nilly. If you've got a, a lingering 401k, uh, an old retirement account from an old job, it might make sense to do a rollover. And if you're with one of the low cost providers, now that you've been listening to How to Money for a minute, it's time to make sure that you aren't paying unnecessary fees on those old accounts either. Uh, it's not terribly difficult to initiate that rollover yourself. But if you want a little bit of handholding to guide you, you can also use a service
1: like Capitalize, which is completely free to use. And we'll make sure to link to that resource in our show notes as well. Yeah. it's Again, simplicity is nice. Having it all in one place is nice. But Matt, some people are paying potentially hundreds and hundreds of dollars in fees every year to invest. When If they literally just rolled it over to a low cost provider, <laughs> they'd be cutting those fees, not in half, but they'd be going a whole lot further than yeah, that. Yeah. Like slashing them by like 95%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It really <laughs> might be in some cases. So it's definitely worth looking into that. And And yeah, Capitalize is cool because they'll basically help you do it for free. Um, we dig that service. All right. Let's uh, let's let's keep talking about spring cleaning, Matt. And let's talk about debt for a second, because depending on what stage of life our listeners are in and kind of where they're at in their personal finance journey, spring is just a great time to get refocused on getting rid of debt that you've been keeping around. that has been lingering, just annoying you to death <laughs> or gnawing at you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, whether it's a car loan, whether it's some credit card debt, now is the perfect time to form a plan of attack. Because Yeah, you might be making the minimum payments, but you haven't been able to get past that point. Or maybe you're attempting to pay as much as you can each month, but you don't really have a well laid out plan. And so you find that you're not making as much damage uh, when it comes to that debt as you'd like. So it's important to start organizing your debts and create a debt payoff plan. We talked about that in depth back in episode 159, but really you want to list all of your debts in one place and you can write this down on a sheet of paper you can do it manually the old school way or you can do it in a more digital format but yeah looking at all of your individual debts right the interest rate for each one it's important to write those out beside the debt and the amount that you owe it can be kind of sobering (laughs) it can kind of help you come to grips with how much you actually owe because right now you might be naively thinking that you don't owe as much as you actually do and so it can just be the kick in the pants you need to get a plan of action together. So we would say, yeah, look your debts straight in the face, make sure you uh, account for them all in one place so that you can start to form a plan to help you get out of debt as quickly as possible. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I I hate, I mean, I know that some folks are in a position where they are only able to make their minimum payments, but like the picture I have in my mind of of someone making minimum payments is that they're just barely treading water. Um, Like I picture someone out in the ocean, and there's big waves coming, and like they're only swimming just enough to keep their mouth, like their nose and mouth above water, mm-hmm. right? And then the next time that next wave comes rolling in, like they get a bunch of salt water, you know, up into their sinuses, and it burns, and they choke, and <laughs> and it's a struggle. Yeah, I hate that. Uh, and, and so what we want folks to do is to have a plan, and and that's you know in this analogy that's like facing outward, where you can see the waves coming, and when you see a bigger wave coming, you're able to kick extra hard, and you know you're able to maintain your head above water. And not only are you able to swim, like you're not just surviving, you're not just like barely treading water. You're like playing in the surf, you know, <laughs> you're like having fun in the ocean. That's what it looks like to have a, a debt payoff plan. Uh, and another tool as well, you mentioned Joel, like digital tools uh, or a digital format that can help you to tackle those debts. Undet it. It's uh, a dot it. It's one of our favorite free online tools. And there you can decide whether you want to take the debt snowball approach or maybe the debt avalanche approach. We've talked about those on the show before. But quickly, this debt snowball, that's when you pay off the smallest balance. And then you roll that payment into the next largest balance and you build from there. And that's really for psychological effects more than anything else. Absolutely. Which is really, really important. We're not going to downplay the importance of that. But then if you find yourself drawn to the debt avalanche approach, that's when you are focusing on the largest interest rate uh, and and regardless of the size of the loan, you are only really looking at the numbers. You're Basically, maximizing. Yeah. You're a math nerd. That's what it, you want to <laughs> <laughs> maximize. Exactly. And you are part robot as well, <laughs> <laughs> because it takes a lot of discipline and sticking to the numbers if you want to go the avalanche route. But personally, we prefer the hybrid approach, which Undeadit calls the debt hybrid Naturally. <laughs> but a tool like this can help you to formulate that plan that you've avoided up until this point. We want you to, yeah, we, we don't want you to, to be barely treading water. We want you out there having fun in the ocean. Like so much so, like where you are in charge of the situation that you might even choose to dive into the water. <laughs> like, you, like, and those might be instances where. Go
1: you, pet a manatee or something.
0: <laughs> uh, or if it's a big enough wave and you're like, you know what, I'm, I've got to go through the wave this time. I don't know if this metaphor extends, but like that might be a situation where you choose to take on some debt, but you, you know and that you are capable of handling that
1: debt and you're yeah. going to use it in a wise way. Sometimes that's what life entails. Yeah. And, and I think, you know. let's say you're already on a debt payoff journey, right? Like you, you have a plan and you're on your way somewhere. Well, yeah, if you're climbing your way out of debt, now's a great time to ask yourself, how much progress have I made? It's a good time to check in and see like if you're crushing it or, or if you're doing it as quickly as you'd hoped. And if not, uh, spring, Spring is a perfect time to recommit to something and maybe even to come up with a new plan to crush it. Maybe you got a raise at work, or maybe you actually can't afford to to toss as many dollars at that debt as you were able to on the last plan that you had like basically committed to. And so you're bummed. And so you've kind of let that plan lapse. Well, now is the time to create a new one, right? And I think of spring, Matt, as a time for, for fresh starts. <laughs> and um yeah. and if people need actually a little bit extra of a pick me up when it comes to like their debt payoff journey uh, it I would say go back and listen to Monday's episode. How motivational oh, yeah. was it to hear Nasima's story? <laughs> Nasima McElroy, yeah, and just her ability <laughs> to to stick with it despite all those setbacks, and her ability to pay off such a large amount of debt. Like if if that doesn't motivate you, I don't know what will. But yeah, if you're kind of feeling like oh, I can't do it, um, hearing her story I think is that perfect like uh, kick in the butt <laughs> to keep going. Yeah, and what's crazy too is she didn't even like share all the details from her story.
0: Uh, I mean, she mentioned yeah, there was more there. Yeah, she mentioned a divorce, but she had two divorces, unfortunately, where she was in difficult financial positions. And even still, she is prevailing. She is crushing it when it comes to the different money goals that she's getting after. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, th- those are some tips when it comes to debt. But we wanted to mention two. this is like a little bit more of a nerdy spring cleaning task. Uh, and this has to do with security. Because I think one of the things that's easy to overlook you know, with our overly complicated and virtual financial lives is our passwords. And so whether that's a weak password, maybe it's a password that, that we use for all of our accounts, or, or maybe that we just need to organize uh, the password protected document that has all of your passwords on it. Uh, all of these things are important to consider. And these are all great things to do. I'll say that we're not cybersecurity professionals here, but making sure that you've got proper passwords is really important when it comes to protecting those all important bank and investing account logins. You don't want to see your funds getting siphoned off just because
1: you had one, two, three, four, five. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be that person. One uh, as your password. I need to get better with my passwords too. I'll readily admit it, but they're not as bad as you described. Okay. I at least have like <laughs> numbers and letters and uppercase and lowercase and yeah. symbols. Okay? So you gotta do it. It's not I'm not the worst. But you can you can pay, uh you can get more bells and whistles with some sort of Password manager. You can opt for something like LastPass or OnePassword. Those are those are both well reviewed. They're worth looking into. But there are also like free password managers that that are also worth looking into. Like Google Password Manager, I think is is a good tool for a lot of people. That's kind of the one that that I opt for. It's um, as long as your Google password or your Gmail is password is enough. like super, super strong. Yes. It's okay. It's all
0: of your other accounts. And they have the also. one password to rule them all, <laughs>
1: you don't want that. Uh, but if you're looking right. for one of those more secure password managers, Bitwarden is... is Consistently well reviewed, and it's a free option. We'll, we'll link to to those in our show notes too. But yeah, this is a spring cleaning task that's worth jumping on because yeah, what, protecting the assets that you've worked hard to squirrel away is crucial. And it's one of those things that you don't really ever think to do. But if you set aside twenty or thirty minutes to implement a password manager, it can make your life easier <laughs> throughout the year on the web. It can also just provide you that peace of mind to know that my accounts are secure. <laughs> where I've got lots of money stored away, you know, as I'm pursuing financial independence and getting better with my money. That's right. Yeah. And so as we're talking about security,
0: let's uh, kind of shift over to physical documents as well. We're not talking about virtual only. We're talking about actual paper because you might be holding on to a whole lot of old statements or documents that you don't need that might even have sensitive personal information on it. So we think that right now is a great time to have a shredding party because, uh, you know, you can just take those documents. You can digitize some of that paperwork that you need uh, or like there's a lot of it too that you can just get rid of altogether.
1: Is that, is that how you celebrate your weekday birthdays, Matt? Is the shredding parties? (laughs) You're like, well, I can't have friends over, so Uh, I'm going to shred old documents. You would be surprised at how much I do enjoy (laughs) (laughs)
0: shredding and getting rid of old documents. I believe it. Although, with a baby, one of my favorite things to do as well is just to crumple something up and and tuck it into a dirty diaper and (laughs) and seal it off because, dude, nobody is going to go in there. It's disgusting uh yeah i'll leave it at that (laughs) (laughs) that's one way to get rid of those documents that have (laughs) sensitive information that's true I, i do that with credit cards too but this will help you to have less junk in your house you know that's taking up space that you could use in a better way as well so for instance if you're keeping paper mortgage statements. Stop it. Just make sure that you're getting a digital copy instead. Tax documents. Uh, Instead, you can just keep a password protected digital copy of each return. I actually also keep a folder with important tax documents like W-2s, 1099s, different IRS forms like that. Uh, If you, let's say you have a paper copy of a paid off loan, that's something that you definitely want to make sure that you keep a record of. But digital copies of tax returns of different statements and receipts will suffice even during an audit. Uh, That's a according to the IRS. And so keep that in mind. There are different free apps out there that make this easier as well. Personally, I I have an old point and shoot camera <laughs> uh, that I keep that I don't use anymore for personal reasons, but I always keep in my, my, my documents drawer where I used to keep documents. But instead, I just keep uh, documents for a little bit. And then at the end of the month, I snap pictures of everything because I'm able just to Bop, 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 like burn through every single one of those, and then periodically I upload those up onto the computer, create a backup. I've got digital copies of everything that way. I don't keep all of these unnecessary receipts and statements and documents around. But let's say that you don't have a point and shoot laying around. What you've got, you got your smartphone. It is so easy for you to use some of the different free apps like Adobe Scan, where you're able to easily digitize these receipts, these statements. Uh, you can use Google Drive, where it has the feature for you to be able to snap these shots and upload them to specific folders. But we want you to get organized, we want you to declutter and to make your personal finance documents more
1: secure. That's right, yeah. And you don't have to have just like reams and reams of paper hanging around your house with statements from old accounts that you don't even have anymore, or I think sometimes people people over they hoard these financial documents and there's a way to consolidate. A lot of those things can don't even have to be digitized. They can literally just be shredded. Make sure you know which ones you can and should keep. Yeah. And digitize those. Like don't get rid of like your kids' birth certificates and <laughs> Or your social security card, stuff like that. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of those documents can uh, be become digital and there's no need to hold on to the paperwork. And while you're getting rid of some of that old paperwork, I think, you know, one more good financial spring cleaning thing is to, uh, yeah, get rid of some of your unused possessions too. And, you know, we talked about that actually at the beginning of the year a little bit. We're, we're doing a, a sell your stuff challenge. Matt and I are participating along with like hundreds of other listeners. But we, we would encourage you to find things around your house that you no longer need or use. This is, a uh, uh, literal spring cleaning that can actually bring some some money, some greenbacks back into your life. And so there's just no better time because you're already pulling things out from the attic or from the basement, right? That you haven't seen um, in months and months and months, and now is the perfect time to start listing that stuff, getting rid of it before it clutters your house even more. Absolutely, yeah. I feel like I've been
0: on a roll over the past month. I've sold. Okay, so I haven't sold a ton of stuff where I've like brought in a lot of money. I, I mean, like so so far this month, I've made a little under four hundred bucks, mm. which is pretty good mm-hmm. actually. Um, but the biggest difference that i've seen is the quantity just like the bulkiness of the crap that i've we've been able to get out of our lives specifically furniture like we've sold a couple chairs a couple desks just some of these bigger items dude, that feels so stinking good to to get rid of some of that stuff. And and just for some of that stuff to go to somebody who's going to put it to use instead of it just sitting around languishing in in your attic. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so hopefully that can be some uh, inspiration and some encouragement for folks out there. But we have a few other spring cleaning tasks to get to. uh, But first, we're going to take a quick break.
1: Dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10% off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money let's
0: say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take well the money app For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash
1: howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach. Every single summer, we've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations... Or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. All right, let's keep going, Matt. Spring cleaning your finances like an adult. And... Let's, uh, you know, we've got maybe just some more like mental um, financial projects that you need to take on too, and kind the, of declutter your mind. Yeah, we had like just a lot of physical Dr. tasks. Doctor Strange style, just now, but yeah, let's let's talk about some stuff that people can do, like up in the brain that's going to make some some a difference moving forward with their personal finances. Does it involve gummies? Um, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> uh, just kidding. But one thing is to rethink your goals, and again, just kind of like inflation has changed our budgets in a lot of ways. COVID has kind of changed maybe what we want out of life. Like a lot of people have pivoted so. yeah. in meaningful ways to a new career, to a, a new place to live. Um, just the, the amount of hours that they're willing to work or the amount of time they're willing to spend in the car. <laughs> whether they're willing to go back in the office or not. And uh, you know, a lot of us have different desires, or our desires have at least been clarified in a different way than maybe like we felt two years ago or two and a half years ago, whatever it was. And honestly, you know, I would have told you that, that you were crazy if you had told me some of the changes that that we've been making in our lives as a family, mm-hmm. that we would have been doing that. I think COVID has been hard, but it's had some good changes for our fam. And so, yeah, the spring cleaning task really here is to do some deep thinking, whether by yourself or with your partner. And that can lead to reimagining of what you want to accomplish and where, where you want to live or you know what you want to be doing over the next 12 months and beyond. This little brainstorm session can just go like such a long way towards giving you new things to strive for. And these changes, they don't have to be huge they can be small they don't have to be these massive upheavals to your life it's not like we're moving to the bahamas or we're buying a private island like these can be tiny changes that actually do end up having a significant impact. And, and spring is the perfect time to start having those important conversations around your future, you know, in your, in your monthly money chats with your partner, th- these are not the kind of things that are going to come up every time. So finding that intentional time to spend together, if you, you know, if, if you have a significant other, now is a great time to do that. Or, or if you, if you're flying solo, it's, it's a great time to kind of rethink, like, where am I heading And why? And is this what I want? Or what shifts? do I need to make in the coming year in order to get to where I actually want to be?
0: Yeah, I think in our culture, so little time is given to hitting pause, stepping back from, you know, the game of life, basically, Mm -hmm. and thinking through, what game do I want to play? Like, right. like, what goals am I actually striving after? And I think that's something we all need to do a little bit more. And you know, as you do that, I think this can also include reassessing just some of your spending habits. Uh, I saw that one in three consumers they say that they're tempted to spend more this time of year, just thanks to the
1: fact that the days are longer and there's more sunlight, that's right. which is <laughs> pretty crazy. I to, get it. Like, to, it's to like, all through. right, I'm gonna go get a beer with a friend because <laughs> you know, on the porch of my favorite bar, because the sun's still I, out. I guess that's and true. And it's
0: um, nice. And honestly, you know, like, like there's still a lot of pent-up consumer demand, so we're all likely going to see more dollars flying around this spring anyway. Or, you know, you might find yourself in a situation where habits have crept up into your life in the past year that you're just not fond of, you know, you're not proud of these different expenses that are now a part of your monthly budget. You might be spending your dollars too readily on stuff that just isn't moving the needle for your happiness. And by the way, we're also we're not against buying stuff. We actually, uh, back in episode one sixty seven, we dedicated an entire episode uh, that was talking about the
1: pros and cons of like stuff over experiences yep. or vice versa. And everybody says experiences are way more valuable. And we actually came down somewhere in the middle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. That like, well, I
0: feel like like we often do. Like we're not going to
1: you know swing to the, the the extremes. We want you to be nuanced and we want you to think through it. Uh, like what makes sense for you. And, and it's the right possessions. I I think making making a concerted effort to buy the right things and not just accumulating more and more of everything.
0: Yeah, and there isn't a right thing across the board. Right. It's the right thing for you. Exactly. Because for one person, the right thing might be, I don't know, like uh, spending a little bit more on their house. Uh, but then for somebody else, it might be like spending more on a fancy watch. And the house guy is going to be like, okay, watch dude over there. He's totally (laughs) wasting a ton of money. But watch dude might be like, oh my gosh, man, Like, think about all the additional expenses that go into you having to keep up your house. That is foolish. It depends on you and your situation. But again, this is just such a great time to take a look at where your dollars are going and just make sure it reflects your personal larger goals. Another quick example, let's say you really want to resume international travel in a big way this year. If so, you might be closer to that than you think with just a few well-placed cuts uh, in your budget. But that's going to mean doing some diagnosis, doing a little little bit of personal finance surgery. Oh, well, give me that personal finance scalpel, Matt. <laughs> it's going to mean you just thinking
1: about where your money is going and not just automatically spending. That's right. And okay, so another another good thing to tackle this time of year spring cleaning when we're talking about planning ahead is thinking ahead to some expenses that you know are coming on the horizon. They might be a ways off and you kind of want to assume or or pretend that they're not going to they're not going to happen in the near future, but... Got your head in the sand a little bit. Exactly. But you want to be prepared. And so, yeah, we, we actually, Matt, we spoke on a financial webinar recently for an advertising agency. And one of the questions from someone who worked there was, that it was about saving for a move that was 18 plus months in the future. They mm-hmm. were like, it might be a year and a half. It might be two years from now, but I know I'm going to move. And he was like, should I even bother saving for that now? Or should I just like wait till later? And we were like, yeah, yeah, you should totally be thinking <laughs> about that now and be saving money now. Because the early earlier you start saving for a bigger expense, the easier it is to afford it. Yep. Right? You start saving 50 bucks a month for that move now, and um, you're you're going to be way ahead of the game. You probably Mm -hmm. don't even need that much. say start saving 20, 25 bucks a month right now. And uh, yeah, then it barely makes a dent in your monthly budget. It barely even cramps your style, but not planning ahead leads to some serious stress And, and might even mean going into debt to pay for something like a move. So now is the perfect time to start planning ahead and saving for upcoming expenses that maybe aren't happening next month or three months from now, but maybe 6 months or a year from now like yeah. start thinking ahead create those sinking funds so that you can start funneling money in that direction even Christmas. <laughs> you can start your Christmas sinking fund now if yeah. you haven't yet. It's the perfect way to make sure that you don't go into debt come November, December when you're buying presents for everyone you love. Exactly. I think
0: the best time to start those holiday gift funds uh, is in January. Yeah. <laughs> so that you have the entire year. Exactly. We want you to get on the front end of that spending and not basically be playing catch up the entire following year because you've gone into debt. And you know, to that specific question that we were asked, it's just funny because I think oftentimes we can be maybe even a little bit embarrassed by like the nerdery, uh, you know, <laughs> like, like it's like oh my gosh, is is that's just over the top, right? Like it's just kind of ridiculous for me to start saving for something that's that far in advance. And no, like this is total. This is part of being an adult, basically. That's something that we should wear as a badge of honor. We have a plan, you know, like like it's sort of like going back to the, um, you know, swimming out in the ocean analogy. It's it's just looking out and having a plan and seeing what's coming at you a little bit and preparing in advance a little bit. That way you're not scrambling at the last minute. Those are the kind of steps and decisions that it takes to be, I I think, a responsible uh, adult when it comes to your finances. And, you know, while we're talking about what we're spending our money on, it's important to consider how it is that you're spending that money as well, because the credit cards that you use can have a pretty significant impact on your personal finances. Uh, So part of spring cleaning, your finances should probably include optimizing for the cash back and for the rewards that you're eligible for. Of course, if you've had issues with overspending, then this is probably one of those spring cleaning tasks that we're going to recommend you skip, at least for now. If credit cards are not good in your life, then
1: don't get more.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that, that shouldn't be something you consider, but we always want to ensure that you're paying your balance on time in full each month. But if that's not a struggle of yours, we want you to consider the different credit cards that you could put to use. Uh, And just very practically speaking, like maybe that means just you labeling uh, some of those different credit cards to make sure that you're using the right ones in the right spot, right? Because some of the different cards, they've got different categories where (laughs) where they pay more. Guess what? Anytime I go to the grocery store, I always use the the Amex Blue Cash Preferred because that's the card that I get 6% on. You're not going to Catch Kate or I using any other card uh, at Aldi specifically. <laughs> so keep that in mind. Maybe that's just simply using a sharpie and writing on the card where you want to use it. Or another thought, like think: Are you about to drop a big deposit on a summer Airbnb? Well, if so, you might be able to snag a credit card bonus. You know that that welcome reward uh, gift, <laughs> whatever they call it, in one fell swoop. Uh, we want you to not let some of these opportunities uh,
1: slip through the cracks. Yeah, spring cleaning your finances means some optimization. That's kind of what we're talking about in so many exactly. ways, right? Yep. Simplicity and optimization. And, and let's say, yeah, with your credit card, if you're like been using one that doesn't pay good rewards most of the places you shop, like just getting a general 2% cash back card, the Fidelity or the City double cash, like those are great cards um, just for everyday spenders if you don't want to think about it. Yeah, or if, you,
0: if you don't want to have the multiple categories and you just want to get super simple with it, at yeah. least
1: you should at least be earning 2% back. But if you want to optimize even more, we've got an article on on the site that'll kind of help you figure out which credit cards are best for how you spend. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll link to that in the show notes, but it's helpful, yeah, if <laughs> a few percent in each of these categories can mean hundreds of dollars in in you know free money, basically at the end of the year just for spending on a credit card instead of on your debit card. Yeah, it, and, it makes it more fun
0: too, right? like kind of like, like a game. You, yeah, it's kind of like a game. Honestly, it makes me think a lot about like fantasy, like, like fantasy sports, because it's just a way that you can sort of hack the system. That's right. And you've got players from all over, you know, all over the league on your team. And it makes you more cognizant of those
1: games or those matches that are going yeah. on because you want to see them do well. I'll be honest, fantasy baseball made baseball way more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it actually made it worthwhile to maybe even watch a game that you wouldn't
0: otherwise. wasn't your home team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think the same thing can be true when it comes to your spending with credit cards because you, you think, well, before, you wouldn't even give it any sort of thought, but now you're kind of thinking through the strategy in well, different oh, ways.
1: 6% over here, 4% <laughs> over here, and 2% everywhere else. And, and it just puts you, yeah, it makes you kind of a little more excited about you're more aware the of methodology. It. Yep. Um, all right, another spring cleaning task. We got just a couple more left for you. Checking your insurance coverage. And yeah, do you have enough of it? I'm talking health insurance, life insurance, car, home, renters, all. the above the good thing is that you know our favorite types of insurance are generally pretty inexpensive i mean health insurance is expensive for basically Mm, everyone (laughs) but most of those other ones are cheap so yeah if you're renting and you don't have renter's insurance That's a terrible move. That's like one of the most affordable insurances that that you can get. And it's so incredibly risky. It puts all of your possessions at risk if you don't have it. And you can get renter's insurance in like the $15 a month range, right? So (laughs) it's not going to set you back in a big way. Um, Same thing if you have anyone that depends on your income. If you have a long-term partner, a spouse, some kiddos, you know, what would they do in the event of your death? I know it's a fun topic to talk about, right? Your your eventual death, but you need life insurance um, for your loved ones. And and the great thing is that term life insurance is the best option for almost everyone, and it's super cheap. And we've got an article about that too. We'll put in the show notes. But we talked about being underinsured back in episode two thirty three. So yeah, check that out if you need more insurance guidance. But the, the spring the uh, you know the spring cleaning adulting move is to rethink your insurance. Do I have enough coverage? Do I even have the life insurance product that I actually need? And it's one of those things that most people throughout the year, they don't want to do. But in the spring cleaning mode, you'll get it done. Just pointing out that you said adulting. I thought we might be able to get through the entire episode without saying,
0: (laughs) without using it as a verb. Joel fail. Yeah, it's okay. (laughs) Hashtag Joel fail, (laughs) (laughs) which I'm using the hashtag ironically as well. (laughs) Don't worry everybody. You know, like generally speaking here, we're making like some broad recommendations here, but the fact is that it's going to come down to the specific and the personal areas where you need to dust out the cobwebs and to wipe down the dirt, you know, of your personal finances. Like we should all be able to pinpoint, you know, like that one area that we just dislike more than others. Uh, And so we continue to, we hit the snooze button on it. We hit the uh, remind me later (laughs) uh, button. It's like my software updates on the computer. where I'm constantly like, remind me tomorrow. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, like we've built up this habit of misbehavior essentially. Uh, and like essentially this is inertia bias and it keeps us from doing these sorts of boring tasks that we know we need to do, but we just haven't yet. We're kind of like stuck in a rut and yep. we want
1: to shake you out of that rut. Yeah. So for instance, Matt, just one of these spring cleaning things that I'm doing for my own personal finances, tell me specifically about specifically for my rental property portfolio Ooh. is switching over to an actual software that helps me manage those rental properties. And so I'm kind of like <laughs> flying by the seat of my pants and I use Zip to like list those properties. But I'm like, you know what, this is the year I get organized. And so there's a, a, a free software called avail. And I'll, I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes too. But I, I really like what they're doing makes it easy for for small time mom and pop landlords like you and me and uh, mm-hmm. to, to list their property and then to, to find tenants and then to manage it really more than anything. It's it's you know submitting tickets for things that are going wrong with the property, something that needs to be done. And to me, it's like, all right, if I get everything in one place, how much easier is my life going to be throughout the year as as a landlord? So yeah. it, it's one of those things, just like all these other things, it's like the these tasks that might take a little bit of time now are going to pay dividends, time dividends and money dividends throughout the year. So don't leave them on the table. Get them done. Uh, you know, not everyone has to do every single one of these spring cleaning <laughs> tasks, but you know, picking out a few at least uh, this spring, maybe a few next spring, and getting started. It's like really, they're going to have a, a big impact on your ability to make progress. All right, you, you said you're going to do it. I'm going to hold you accountable. Avail, it's happening, All man. Right. No, I've already signed up. Because I remember the account. you mentioning I'm Cozy. Starting. I'm starting like, like
0: last year, or a couple of years ago. <laughs> Cozy sold to
1: Apartments.com, and now is kind of kind of went off the rails. Not nearly as good yeah. as it used to be. And so you're right, um, but I have already signed up for the Avail account. I'm already on my way towards that migration. You know, the best way to uh, check items off your to-do list is to add
0: items that you've already done. So <laughs> <laughs> I salute you, sir. <laughs> but let's go ahead and get back to the beer, Joel, that you and I enjoyed this episode. We each had a saison DuPont. And this is an unfiltered Belgian farmhouse ale. I got to say, they've got one of the most like awesome labels like the can art for this thing i don't so know if, i don't know if it's always been like this looks like a soccer jersey yes yeah but like a european soccer jersey exactly because it's like it's kind of written on a diagonal a little bit it's kind of got like this golden white checkered action going on against this hunter green it's so cool looking it totally does like the Dupont, it's like a little crest like yeah, seal. Uh-huh. it really does look like a like a soccer or football jersey also it kind of reminds me have you ever played the game meal before no it's like this uh it's a european dry i think it's like a it's, it's either german or a belgian card game but it's like a driving game so born it's like i think it stands for a thousand miles and the point is is to get a thousand miles but anyway no, it, interesting the old cool. school artwork for it like there's newer versions of it uh, that don't look nearly as cool but if you get the version that was uh created and designed in like the 60s you know like during the 60s and 70s, like the heyday of graphic
1: design, it reminds me a lot of this label, but what were your thoughts on the flavor, yeah, well, the taste of the beer? You're, you're talking about classic. I'm a fan of classic. I'm a fan of, you know, um, classic styles of classic literature and classic beers and i feel like this is the most classic saison out there right saison classic 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 farmhouse style yeah (laughs) so this fits my mold of stuff that i'm into and it's it's flavorful while having this like nice dry finish uh going with it and so it's got a little bit of a funk but it's one of those beers where it's like man i could i you know i I am in a mood for a good saison Mm mm-hmm a fair amount of the time, but I rarely have Saison's on hand for some reason. And now I'm like, okay, all right, Saison DuPont it needs to become like a fridge staple because it's got delicious flavors, um, this this classic Saison vibe without being overwhelming. So I dug it.
0: Yeah. Coupled with those Belgian yeasts, yes. right? Because like I feel like a, a typical Saison farm slash farmhouse, it has a certain flavor characteristic, but when you make it a Belgian style, it, it has a different flavor profile. It's got more of like the clove and banana flavors going on uh, and a little bit sweeter, I think as well. But that being said, I think it makes it... This is like the perfect kind of beer for a really good pizza. Yeah. Like if you've got a a pizza that's got a little bit of heat, specifically, having a beer like this that has some of that uh, sweetness and a little bit of that weediness just pairs so well with a, a really... Good pizza like that, especially one with like some of those like, yeah, like some like spicy peppers on there, or yeah. some like spicy uh, like salami. Or and you don't
1: some... want an IPA with pizza, I found. Especially no, no oh, yeah, yeah. pizza you don't want
0: bitterness. No,
1: uh, this is what you want. This or like like, a, like even a, just like classic lager would be good. Lager, too Or like a
0: stefaner uh, yeah, like a like a European wheat uh, that works too. Yeah, all those kind of beers. Really good
1: with a quality pizza. No doubt. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. For folks who want the show notes, the links to all the stuff we mentioned, we'll put those in our show notes that's up right. on our site, lottomoney.com. A lot of resources that we
0: mentioned during this episode. Yep. But we will include all of those. And Joel, that's going to be it, buddy. Until next time, best friends out. Best friends out.
1: Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at
0: canva.com. Designed for work.